We have a sleep, a neurologist, sleep medicine specialist at the University of Michigan Health Sleep Disorders Center from our Michigan Answers here on the Paul W. Smith Show on Thursdays, but tomorrow happens to be St. Patrick's Day. We've got a special virtual St. Patrick's Day party you're all invited to, so we welcome Dr. Anita Shelgakar to the program today. Welcome, doctor. Good morning. Good morning, Paul W. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it is our pleasure indeed. Talk about uh, uh, good timing. We're a couple of days ahead of World Sleep Day, and everybody is sleep deprived. I hate to make general statements, but I'm going to make a general statement on behalf of all of humanity. We are all sleep deprived, doctor, and you hold in your hands and your brain the answers to help us if we pay attention. But I want to ask you first, if you were to choose, first of all, I know you would choose to stick with one because the change causes all kinds of trouble. But would you have chosen daylight saving time or would you have chosen Eastern Standard Time? That's a great question. From a sleep science standpoint, we advocate for permanent standard time because that allows our body's internal clocks to be best aligned with the world around us, and particularly with the sun. More so than daylight saving time. Absolutely. When we spring forward, then we're causing a mismatch between our body's internal clock and the world around us and the sun time. And Mm -hmm. that can make it harder to wake up in the morning because it's darker in the morning. And at the end of the day, it can make it harder to fall asleep because there's more light in our environment. So our circadian rhythm, our internal clock, does best when we're exposed to light first thing in the morning and have dimness and darkness around bedtime. Excellent. Right from the source, a professional neurologist, sleep medicine specialist, Dr. Anita Shelgakar from the University of Michigan. Back to sleep now. Uh, And that is, we are just learning in the last few years, at least the average person, just how important sleep is. Uh, If you don't get enough sleep, You could be pushing yourself into diabetes, for example, any number of things, heart issues. Tell us again, remind us from your standpoint why sleep is so important. That's a great question, Paul W. Sleep helps us with so many of our body's processes, our mood regulation, our attention, as you mentioned, our cardiovascular system, our metabolic system. So really every aspect of our lives is touched by healthy sleep. And so that's why we are so keen on helping people make it a priority and incorporate healthy sleep habits. And and what are some of the most uh, or more common sleep disorders that you see, doctor, and how do you treat them? So the patients in our clinic commonly have insomnia or a sleep-related breathing disorder, such as obstructive sleep apnea. We also treat patients who have restless leg syndrome and narcolepsy or other sleep disorders that cause excessive daytime sleepiness. So we see a whole host of sleep disorders, each of which has its own specific evaluation and treatment. So I encourage any of your listeners, if they have concerns about the quality of the sleep that they get or the quantity of sleep that they get on a regular basis, to talk with their healthcare professional. Uh, Here's uh, one that I have a problem with. Because all of us here right now get up at an ungodly hour during the week to do our job, we sleep in on the weekend. Yet time and time again, Doc, I hear that we should go to sleep and wake up at the same time all the time. What about that? 
That's a great question. We do recommend keeping a consistent schedule as much as possible to minimize variation and to help maintain your body's internal clock, maintain that internal rhythm in your body. And that can actually help you fall asleep and wake up more easily at the times that you desire to wake up and go to sleep. So I guess uh, napping would not be just a during the week kind of thing. It would be a weekend thing too. And naps are good. I think naps are healthy. Naps can definitely be helpful, especially when scheduled at the right time. It's one of these things, as we say, timing is everything. And a nap too close to bedtime can be disruptive. Uh, But certainly for our friends and colleagues and patients who are uh, engaged in shift work, you know, and have to be up and working at times that may not be otherwise aligned with their body's natural internal rhythm, then scheduled naps can be very helpful. So either right before the shift or even during the shift, depending on the nature of the work, uh, can be very helpful. And even a nap as long as 15 or 20 minutes can be very refreshing. Dr. Anita Shelgakar, neurologist, sleep medicine specialist, University of Michigan Health Sleep Disorder Center. Uh, what's the latest on the effect of alcohol and caffeine affecting our sleep? So alcohol and caffeine have very different effects on our sleep. Uh, Alcohol can help increase our ability to fall asleep at the front end of the night, which is why sometimes people will, you know, have a drink right before bedtime. But we see that later on in the night, it actually makes our sleep much more fragmented. So it causes many disruptions to our sleep and can even uh, suppress the amount of REM sleep we get. So even though it helps with falling asleep initially, it ultimately causes more disruption than benefit to sleep. So we do recommend if you're having a drink before bedtime to do it at least two or three hours in advance so your body can fully metabolize the alcohol before your bedtime. Next time, and then, oops, go ahead, finish your thought. No, as you say, in answer to your question about caffeine, uh, it does help us stay awake. So again, you know, having it early enough in the day prior to bedtime to make sure that you can maximize its benefit without having difficulty falling asleep. Very good. Next time we should spend some time on things like sleep apnea and CPAP machines. I've been using a CPAP machine for 20 years. I don't know if it's 20, but almost 20 years. And I think it's helped uh, save my life, frankly. Well, I am so thrilled to hear that, and I would be happy to talk with you about obstructive sleep apnea and CPAP therapy in the future. We'll look forward to it next time. Thank you, doctor. Thank you. Take care. Dr. Anita Shelgakar, neurologist, sleep medicine specialist, University of Michigan Health Sleep Disorders Center, Michigan Answers, on the Paul W. Smith Show at News Talk 760 WJR.